SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. My name is Brad Brown with you for the next half hour, and we're going to be chatting sport, sport, and more sport. Coming up on this evening's show, big announcement being made for the Ladies Sunshine Tour increased bonus prize pot. We'll find out from Lali Stunder what that is all about. We'll also hear from Chester Williams, who's been quite vocal this week with regards to Springboks being allowed to play overseas. And should they be allowed? I'd love to get your take. You can SMS 34701. Those SMSs aren't charged at two rand. Should South African rugby players be allowed to play overseas and still be eligible for box selection? It's an interesting debate we'll also find out uh, about the blitz bookers great weekends and what they're looking forward to this coming weekend in port elizabeth and we'll wrap things up with some ram slam t20 news with andre russell the west indian who's playing for the knights before any of that though time to take a look at some of the stories making news this afternoon Kaiser Chiefs have the opportunity to go 16 points clear at the top of the Absa Premiership table tonight when they take on Platinum Stars at the Peter Macaba Stadium. Yamakosi are, or have stretched their unbeaten run in the league to 14 games this past weekend after they thumped Soweto rivals Orlando Pirates 2-0 at the FNB Stadium on Saturday. Kickoff in that match is at 7.30 this evening. There is a full list of UEFA Champions League fixtures to look forward to this evening as well. The Gunners are away to Galatasaray. Monaco hosts Zenit St. Petersburg. Benfica come up against Bayer Leverkusen. Borussia Dortmund hosts Anderlecht. Atletico Madrid travel to Juventus. Liverpool host FC Basel at Anfield. Olympiacos come up against Malmo. And Real Madrid are hosting Ludgrutz Razgrad. In other football news, Brazilian footballing legend Pele was uh, declared well enough to leave the Sao Paulo clinic, treating him for a kidney complaint today, 15 days after his admission shocked the soccer-mad nation of Brazil. Grinning broadly, despite walking somewhat gingerly, he told reporters he felt fit enough to play football for Brazil at the Rio Olympics in 2016. Staying with football news, a son of Malcolm Glazer, the Manchester United owner who died in May, is selling three million shares in the club. Glazer's six children took equal split of the shares after his death. In a statement by the club earlier today, Edward Glazer says he will sell three million Class A ordinary shares with an offer ending this coming Friday. Edward Glazer, a co-president of the Glazer Family Foundation, stands to recoup about $45 million and none of the proceeds will go to the club. So if you've got a few spare bob and you're a Manchester United United fan. Here you go, a chance to pick up some shares. In some cricket news, Philip Hughes was remembered and revered at the first Australia-India test in Adelaide today. Hughes was in line to play the test but died 12 days ago in hospital after being hit in the head by a short pitch delivery in a domestic match. The test was delayed by four days to allow the Australian team to mourn and memories of Hughes were everywhere on a sunny day in Adelaide. He was the honorary 13th man in Australia's lineup and featured in a short video tribute by former Australia captain and commentator Richie Benno. Australian players wore number 408, which was Hughes's test cap number, with black armbands on their shirts. There was also 63 seconds of applause in his honour. Hughes, who was aged 25, was not out on 63 when he was fatally injured at the Sydney Cricket Ground just less than two weeks ago. 
India also wore black armbands. Hundreds in the crowd sported the number 63 on their shirts or hats and others held up 63 not out signs provided by a local daily newspaper. David Warner, who was playing at the SCG the day Hugh sustained his fatal injury, scored 145 runs to lead Australia to 354 for six and dedicated his 10th test century to Hughes. Warner also stopped and looked to the sky when he was on 63 runs as the uh, the crowd applauded. In some tennis news, former South African Davis Cup squad player Neville Godwin has renewed his contract with Kevin Anderson and will continue coaching the world number 16 uh, during 2015. According to Godwin, the contract stipulates that the partnership will extend for 35 weeks in the year and will start the Brisbane ATP event, then move on to New Zealand for the Auckland Open and then on to Melbourne for the first Grand Slam event of the year, the Australian Open. Anderson's achievements during 2014 spoke for themselves as uh, he was uh, improved to a world best ranking from 20th to 16th. He also had credible performances at the Grand Slams where he progressed to the fourth round of the Australian Open and down Stanislas Wawrinka, world number four on three occasions. Coming up next, we chat to Lali Stan to find out what's new on the Ladies Sunshine Tour. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune into SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, fresh off the back of the Nedbank Golf Challenge. Uh, my first day back at work since returning from Sun City. And we've got uh, some good news on the ladies' golf front here in South Africa. And it's uh, got to do with a lucrative bonus pool in the chase to the Investec Cup for ladies. Lali Stunder joining us now. Lali, fantastic news for, for the women's game. I, d- I definitely think so. Let's first just set the scene. For five years, we didn't have a tour in the country. And then um, at the beginning of, uh, or, or the end of last year at least, they announced the new Sunshine Ladies Tour with eight events. Um, and the sponsors on the, of those eight events are quite long-time sponsors of the Sunshine Tour that have decided to invest into the development of women's golf. Um, and we launched with seven events and then a finale, uh, the chase to the Investor Cup for Ladies. Um, which was played uh, simultaneously or concurrently with the Men's Investor Cup, you know, the Sunshine Tours mm. Investor Cup, at Mulvale and Sun City. And in that uh, tournament, the ladies competed for a purse of 100,000 rand, and Trevor Fisher won uh, the, million, uh, uh, the first prize in the Million Rand uh, Investor Cup. So he took home 163 and the winner's share of the 10 million bonus pool. And I think the ladies took that quite um, seriously. You know, they didn't quite like that. And uh, Investec has really stepped up this year. They have taken away one event, but they have added that 100,000 rand prize money to a bonus pool. So now the girls will be playing for a hun- for a, in two events for 100,000, then at the final event for another 100,000, but a 600,000 rand bonus pool. And remember, only the top 10 ladies qualify for this. So um, yeah, Leanne Pace uh, was quite vocal about this uh, when she won the Celsius CSA Women's Open and said that this is really a step forward for women's golf in South Africa. In the past, the tours have consisted of five or six tournaments with small purses. Now the girls really have an incentive to come home, something to play for. And, uh, and of course... Um, it falls into a nice bracket, Brad, because the LPGA Tour kicks off very early. But because we play the Sunshine Ladies Tour in February and March, there is a window of opportunity for Ashley Simon, Leanne Pace, and possibly Paula Rito to come and actually play in the uh, 
in the Sunshine Ladies Tour in March and still qualify on points for the final. Yeah, that would be amazing if, if uh, they do come back because uh, obviously we want the, the, the ladies that are, are based here in South Africa to be playing against the best possible opposition. So let's hope that does work. Lali, my concern is is one of the tournaments has dropped away. Is, is this a major issue? Not really because we do have a new event on the schedule and that is now the Cape Town Ladies Open. During the men's uh, Cape Town uh, Open, which was won by Yako Alis, the uh, city of Cape Town and the Western Province uh, uh, Sports Department got together with the Sunshine Tour and said, listen, we're doing one for the, girl, for the men, let's do one for the ladies at Royal Cape. And so we are very thrilled to announce that we are traveling to Cape Town and we'll have that uh, Cape Town Ladies Open at Royal Cape uh, from the 25th to the 26th. There's also an announcement in the wings about a nice uh, uh, prize money increase that we will be announcing very, very soon. You know, we we in the industry, we like to dot our I's and cross our T's and get the contract signed. Um, but uh, there is a, there's a very nice prize money increase coming up. And then we are looking at another new event, which we are hoping to finalize very, very soon, that will be um, also in March. So we'll actually take the schedule then back to the eight tournaments. Brilliant. Lalia, another thing that I, I just want to touch on is, is the prize money. You, you mentioned it when you first uh, started chatting to us now. Uh, the big difference between the men's prize purse and the ladies' prize purse. Why is there such a huge rift between the amounts that uh, the men win and the ladies win? Well, I think that Europe and, and South Africa, Asia and Japan, where the other four major tours are based, are, are still struggling to get onto the same playing field. In America, the LPGA Tour has been very successful in raising purses of a million to two million dollars, um, some of them even higher, um, and bringing it more into line with the men's tour. But, uh, but you know, the rest of the federations are still struggling to get to that point. And I think, you know, had we not had uh, the break and, and, and all the drama that went on in 2009, we probably would have been further. Um, you know, the, the, the sponsors of, of the Sunshine Ladies Tour are, are sponsors that have been with the Sunshine Tour for quite a while. I mean, Dimension Data has been, men, has been sponsoring the tour for, shoo, must be close on 20 years. Um, Supersport has been around also about 20 years. Swane came on board uh, four, three, four years ago. Um, Super, uh, the other one is Sun International, as you know, has been a sponsor for over 30 years. So these are people that have really been around the block with golf and have seen the investment, have seen the return, but are also extremely focused on development. And, and this is why these sponsors have rallied around the Sunshine Ladies Tour. Um, already, their, their, um, their trust and their, their commitment has inspired the Cape Town Ladies Open. Um, we're also hoping, well, the, the other new event that will be coming aboard. And we're hoping that, you know, slowly but surely we can grow this tour. It's going to be a process. That is, there's no doubt about it. The, the ladies' European tour also has had a tough time of it economy-wise. The, they even went so far as to start televising their tournaments or scheduling and televising their tournaments Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday so that they could draw spectators and draw viewers uh, who would normally tune in to watch the men play. Um, I, I don't have a ready answer for you because 
Um, I, I just don't know why. Personally, from my own experience, 14 years on the men's tour, I love working with the ladies. They're accommodating. They, they're always happy. They're happy to do 20 interviews and keep a smile on their face. So I think they're getting a, a bit of a stick when they, when they really should be getting a lot more money. Lolly Sunday, as always, wonderful to catch up. That 2015 Sunshine Ladies Tour gets underway the 9th and 10th of February at the International Ladies Challenge at the Lost City Golf Course. We'll keep you updated right throughout that tour uh, in 2015. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune into SAFM Sports Wrap and former Springbok wing Chester Williams has come out and been pretty vocal about uh, box selection policies where players who are based overseas are not uh, eligible to play for the Springboks. He spoke to a local newspaper after French club Toulon were interested in signing Boklok Ibn Etebe after next year's World Cup. And he joins us now. Chester, welcome on to SAFM. Nice to catch up once again. Thanks for your time. No problem. Anytime. Thank you very much for it. Um calling me and also it's always a great time opportunity to talk just it's an interesting dilemma you were playing i mean 95 was was the watershed when the when the game really became professional for the first time and uh it, it is a, a quite a difficult situation to be in and, and the box have been quite so all the selectors have been quite adamant that uh the box need to be based here if they want to be selected for our national team well, yeah, I mean, that's the one, the one side of the, of the story, you know, because I think it's very important to understand that these guys are professionals. Um, if they want to, um, to, want to move from one prison to another prison, which is better for them to make more money, and if you feel more comfortable and happy, why not, you know, because, I mean, it's, it's like any other profession, they work for a company, uh, and if they get a promotion then, uh, in another company or another area of the, of the world, in the same environment, why not? Chester, what do you think the reasoning behind it is that that uh, Saru has been so adamant about it? Do, do you think that they're concerned about the, the level of our domestic game dropping? Uh, it's not probably not really that because uh, obviously um, I don't think I don't think that's a, that is so much a big problem because we got so many players in South Africa that can can play rugby and and can obviously once become professional rugby players, but also it's all, um, if you look at Australia and 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 Argentina or those type of countries, there's not sufficient players to to have a, a, a real competitive competition uh, or the domestic competition, and that's why they obviously force the players to to play back home to be selected for the national team. Whereas Africa, we don't have that problem. In France, we don't have a problem. England, we don't have a problem. And I also don't think we should have the problem in New Zealand because it's, I mean, um, and, 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 and I think, you know, it's just not fair to a player to be in a country or play for a team that he's not happy with. It's all, it also, you, you mentioned that it's a professional era, and, and I think rugby more than most sports, where your time at the top is limited, first of all, but because of the, the nature of the game and, and how physical it is, you obviously need to make hay while the sun shines. And if you've got an opportunity to make a, a lot more money playing internationally, and let's be honest, to compete with, with the Euros or, or Pounds, it's a, it's a lot more difficult for, for South African franchises and unions to, to compete on, on the same salary level. Yes, you know, and then that's exactly what, I, what I'm getting to is that, you know, if we must be very careful because if we might lose a lot more players, um, playing for the national team and, and they will go and play overseas because they can make a lot more money because if you look compared to the, I mean, if you look at the currency of our rand to call compared to a, a pound or a, or a euro, the players will definitely go overseas and play rugby day and because they, their career is only like a, bit, a maximum of 10 years if they're, if they're lucky. 
And uh, so we need to be very careful about our laws and uh, regulations with regards to players playing in the country and they're not being selected to do overseas. Chester, I'm not saying they they would have been selected for South Africa, but uh, this could also pose a concern for, for youngsters coming through. And and I think of the likes of, of someone like Scott Spedding, who, who's just played or represented France. He, he played here, yes, he played at, at Curry Cup level for the Sharks and, and made the decision to go and play in France and, and stayed there long enough to qualify for citizenship and was eventually chosen for the national side. Uh, another another guy is Rory Cockett, who obviously felt he wasn't uh, in, in, in the mix for, for box selection, went over and has uh, also qualified to play for the French. Do you think it's a concern that we might find youngsters coming out of school level varsity level that decide they want to chase the money, they're going to go play in England, they're going to go play in France, possibly Japan and they could be lost to the Springboks in the, in the years to come Well they always have those players but I think there will be a lot more players like 80% of those players could want to uh, try at least give themselves an opportunity after school and university to play for the Springboks I think after two or three years if they don't make it they obviously would look at opportunities to go overseas for for not only for their career only, but obviously to look after their future and uh, while they can play for a club, they can still make uh, money and also they can maybe go to university and do obviously some work where they can actually make sure that afterwards they get a life. And um, so, so, yes, we need, as I said earlier on, we need to be very careful how we handle this because um, the professional game of change, if you look at any, so- any soccer sport uh, in the world, is the biggest sport in the world. Um, players play for different clubs, but they're yet they're allowed to play for the national teams. Chester, do you think the solution to this is, as you mentioned with soccer, having one international window? So it doesn't matter where you play in the world, this is the time of year or whenever it is that you play international so that that situation, you don't have the club versus country situation? Yes, I think that's the way we should go to. I mean, that's what the French and, the, and in Europe they're doing right now, and I think we need to adapt to according to to what, what is needed for, for rugby to grow because we can't obviously like uh, we want to be compete, competitive uh, with other sports uh, like, the, like the likes of soccer, cricket all the other sports, American football whatever other sport is there we need to compete against against those sports and if we really want to become professional we need to allow players to have the opportunity to go and play uh, in, in another country and still represent the country when they needed to play for them I agree with you 100%. Chester Williams, thank you so much for your time this evening. It's an interesting debate. I'd love to know your thoughts. You can SMS us 34701. Should South African rugby players be allowed to play internationally and then be pulled back into the box setup? Those SMSs charged at two rand. Get your thoughts through now. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader. The HSBC World 7 Series got underway once again this past weekend. And uh, it was the second leg of that championship. It took place in Dubai. And it was a phenomenal weekend for South Africa. They ended up beating Australia in the final to win. And they beat them by 33 points to 7, which was pretty impressive. But if you look at their semi-final and quarter-final results on Saturday, it was even more impressive. They beat New Zealand 28. 8 nil in that semi-final and Argentina 40 nil in the quarter-final. Speaking after the tournament, South Africa's captain Carl Brown and coach Neil Powell were obviously delighted. 
So I'm joined by South Africa's Carl Brown. Carl, you weren't in Australia due to injury, but you're back now amongst his team. And, and what better way to be back with celebrating a victory here in Dubai? Yeah, listen, the guys were incredible this week. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I spoke to somebody earlier and we, we chatted about it. And maybe we didn't, uh, you know, hit hit our full uh, full straps yesterday. But today was incredible. There was so much energy and so much attitude, particularly in the defensive line. And I thought that's what that's what pretty much defined us today. Our, our you know our character and our energy and defense and made it very very difficult for teams to attack against us. I suppose it makes it easier when you are watching from the sidelines. I, I really enjoyed the role of playing off the bench this, uh, this weekend and it makes it a lot easier when you've got capable guys like Walker Smith. I mean, in that semi-final to score a hat-trick in the first half, I, I could have sat back and, and, and watched the whole tournament, you know, but luckily enough I got a couple minutes and coach and they were phasing me and I still feel like a bit of a loose cannon out there, but you now hopefully I'll, I'll speed up by next week and, and make a bit, of a bit more of an impact by next week in BE. It's been a while since you've won a cup title in Dubai, but where does this rank with the titles you've won with South Africa? I just, I just think the way that we did it, you know, the, from, from the quarterfinal to the semifinal to the final, the way that we handled all the matches and the way that we played um, ranks pretty high up there in one of our most clinical performances, you know, you know to, 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 uh, to beat Argentina 36-0, to beat uh, New Zealand 28-0, which was, you know, particularly enjoyable. And then to, to go out and win this game where it was, it was a really tight affair until half-time, and then the guys really uh, showed the character and showed that they had a little bit more in them. You mentioned Port Elizabeth. How much are you now looking forward to getting home? Um, I think I'll enjoy it tomorrow. I think we'll rest a little bit tomorrow. Then we'll be on that flight early enough on Monday morning and back home. And you know, I know the crowds will be after this. They'll be rearing to go this weekend uh, coming up. Um, and I think for Elizabeth, you know, after last year was a fantastic tournament for us. And it's something that's, you know, very few teams get to play at their home tournaments on, on, on the circuit. And I think we're, you know, very privileged to do that. And I think next week we've got to make it count. South Africa coach Neil Bow. Neil, your first title in Dubai since 2008. And after the disappointment goal coach, you must be delighted to win here. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, great defensive performance from the boys from the from the first game till the final, and uh, yeah, obviously very happy and, and, and glad they came back after a fairly disappointed tournament in Gold Coast and, and come back like this and win this tournament. Puts you second in the race to Rio now. We must be really happy with that as well. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so we actually don't want to talk about Rio. We're just focusing on the tournament at a time, and I think that's what the guys really did well in this tournament. We focus on the game at a time, and the guys really stuck in there and, and, and pulled it through it. And now you get to look forward to a tournament on home soil in Port Elizabeth. How important will it be to, to put in another performance next week? It's definitely going to be important. It's always nice to be back at home and play in front of your home crowd. So uh, hopefully we can take this momentum into, into P and hopefully we can, we can be successful there as well. Well done, Neil. Thank you very much. Congratulations. It is a quick turnaround time for the teams. The next leg of the HSBC World Seven Series takes place this coming weekend in Port Elizabeth. It is the Celsea Nelson Mandela Bay Sevens and South Africa as hosts are the top seeds after their victory this past weekend. And Cecil Africa caught up with David van Assant on their arrival back in South Africa. Yeah, obviously nice to be, to be back home, but I think we're we 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 not going to put a lot of pressure on ourselves. I think we're just going to go there and do what we do, do the best and now for the the, the, the coach will come up with, with, with a great plan. Hopefully, we see maybe we can implement that. We know that we're renowned for doubles, so South Africa one of the few teams to win doubles. So you've been part of a double where we've won in Dubai and come back and, and won our home tournament as well. Uh, obviously, it's, it's very difficult on the circuit, but it's obviously a goal. Yeah, obviously, I think to, 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 to come out that as we can and, and, and to come and win our, our home term is, is, is obviously our pressure. But, but I think we as a team, we don't, we don't really focus on the on, on outcome. We, we really focus on, on the processes. If the processes are right at the end of the day, the is also look after itself. 
The 2014-2015 season carries added significance because the top-ranked sides after the ninth and final round in London in May next year will qualify directly for the Olympic Games in Rio 2016. Looking at the pools for this coming weekend, the box head up Pool A in Port Elizabeth and their opponents will be Wales, United States and Kenya, while Dubai runners-up Australia will face Argentina as well as Portugal and Zimbabwe in Pool B. Series leaders Fiji top Pool C as the third place team in Dubai and they face Scotland, France and Dubai Shield winners Canada while New Zealand, who are the reigning series champions, will play England, Samoa and Japan. On the team's return to South Africa, David Van Assant also caught up with Reino Benjamin. Um, it was a great challenge in the first place to, to win the, the cup in Dubai. Um, we need to go back to the training field and to sacrifice some things that we didn't get right in the first place in Dubai. So we will go back tomorrow on the training field tomorrow morning and um, looking forward for this weekend in PE. Uh, obviously it's quite clear that it's extremely difficult to win back-to-back tournaments uh, because a week is a long time in sevens and, and is there that realisation in the squad that uh, what happened last week means almost nothing you've got to start from scratch? Um, yeah. It starts with a sketch from the beginning, like last week. So we need to go back to, to the basics and um, go check what we did wrong um, and start building up and um, start building a team spirit also again for this weekend in Port Elizabeth. The Absa Premiership is back this week. On Tuesday, Amakosi, Kaiser Chiefs, takes on Dikwena, Platinum Stars at Peter Mukaba Stadium. On Wednesday, the Buccaneers, Orlando Pirates, go head-to-head against the Brazilians, Mamelodi Sundowns at Orlando Stadium. At Beatverse Stadium, the Clever Boys, Beatverse Vets, keep the ball rolling with the Evan Warriors, AX Cape Town. All these games kick off at half past seven. Tickets available at 40 Rand. Proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. While most medical schemes increased their 2015 contributions by around 8 and 9%, our increase was one of the lowest at only 6.9%. And while some competitors reduced their benefits, CISO Medical Fund increased benefits for our members by 6.2%. And CISO Medical Fund launched two new products, one starting at only 650 rand per month with unlimited hospitalization. We keep building on our 36-year heritage of providing rich benefits to our members. To join, call 0860-100-871. Caesar Medical Fund, caring for the health of the nation. Do you want to build a better future for yourself and your country? Then apply for an Australia Award. It's an opportunity to advance your career and make a difference. For over 50 years, the Australian Government has offered prestigious scholarships and fellowships to people with the greatest potential to drive economic and social development. As an Australia Awards Scholar, you could gain an internationally recognised qualification from an Australian university and build important links with Australia. The application process is open and transparent, providing equal opportunities regardless of gender, ethnicity or disability. If you want to gain new technical skills in areas such as agriculture and food security, improving the management and governance of the extractive sector and public policy, then apply now to begin studies in Australia from as soon as January 2016. Visit www.australiaawardsafrica.org to learn more. SAFM Sports Wrap.
You tune in to SAFM Sports Wrap. My name is Brad Brown, and as we get to the business end of this year's Ramslam T20 Challenge, West Indies International and Chevrolet Knights all-rounder Andre Russell believes that his job is done at the Kimberley-based team. There's one game to spare, and that is the final against the Nashua Cape Cobras this coming Friday. Russell, who recently signed for Australian Big Bash League side, the Melbourne Renegades, says he has achieved his ultimate goal of qualifying the Knights for next year's Champions League T20 tournament. At first, I want to say well done to the guys. From season, we have been playing some good cricket. I just think we are peaking at the right time. And I'm just overwhelmed. I'm happy that, you know, I can contribute to a team at the night. I think my job is done, but not as yet. There's one big game remaining. Um, I would love to just win it. I'm home feeling good about myself. But I think since I got here, the main aim was getting to Champions League, and that was a talk. I think I've done my best, and my best was good enough to get them across the line. You know, even though I didn't really take part in the game that much today, I just think that Russell and um, no, Hendrick, they bat real well. I just think that a team game, well done to them again. The 29-year-old says he has enjoyed his time in South Africa, both on and off the field with the Knights family. He says he's also learned some Zanzi terminology that'll come in handy in the future. Everything has been going good. I've been doing a lot of hunting, stuff like that, you know, go fishing, jet skiing and those sort of things. And, you know, I just think that's that's good too when they're like having a half day and stuff like that. You know, you go and have a, I would call it barbecue home, but they call it a bride. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. But um, I just think it's been fun. It's been something new that I've used to. Whenever I get time off, I just like to spend it around the guys. Russell believes a cracking Ram Slam T20 Challenge final awaits cricket fans in Cape Town on Friday night. The all-rounder, who has picked up 13 wickets so far, believes their momentum will give them the slight edge over Paul Adams' charges despite Proteus Dale Steyn and Hashim Amla returning for the Cobras. Yeah, it's going to be a big game. One of the best teams in the T20 tournament. They have both power, they have skillful bowlers. They have a very balanced team. I know, you know, Dale Steyn and Amla come back into the setup. They are two normal humans. It's not like they are untouchable or whatever, so so we just have to keep confident and, you know, use the advantage that they haven't been playing for a week now and we have been playing cricket, so I just want to keep the momentum going right into the final. And getting 150 for two, I think that's a very good target. You know, getting it in 17 overs as well. You know, even though the guys weren't in any rush to get the runs, I just think it's good for the team. Maybe you can convert that playing attacking, maybe 180, 190, and getting that in the final, then you're going to be on the right road. SAFM Sports Wrap. That's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Just a quick two SMSs. Dean and Lungisani agreeing that the box should be allowed to play overseas and still qualify to play for the Springboks. That's it. We'll be back again tomorrow at 6.30 for Sports Wrap.